Devine, how are you? Doing well, doing well. PJ, we got you? Yes, you do. How's it going? And Spencer, how are you? And crickets. So Spencer bailed on us five minutes after we were supposed to start recording. Uh, so just going to be me, BJ, and Levi. Um, fellas, do you have any idea what the hell Spencer's doing? Making poor life choices. <laughs> I mean, he's being sketchy. Um, like we we've had a text exchange for the past um, for quite some time, but it's been reinvigorated um, in the lead up to this episode for the past week, and we're basically asking whether or not we're going to receive whiskeys and whether Spencer's going to join in here. And I think he's texted twice uh, this entire week. Uh, he said that yes, he's alive, and that he is still typing, so he would not be able to make it. Um, <laughs> he was also <laughs> he was also scheduled to send the whiskeys out. So Spencer has failed in this episode two different ways because fellas, I didn't get any whiskey. Uh, that is that is true. Although we will say, um, in, in in the intervening uh, two weeks, um, there has been a an amazing gift that was sent to, to Spencer. And maybe that's why he's he, he's not joining. Maybe he's just secretly <laughs> resentful. Um, DJ, why don't you go into a little bit more detail here about, about the, the amazing gift that that uh, was procured for Spencer fans. Well, I was going to say, I don't know that he's secretly resentful. He was uh, surprisingly vociferous about it um, and went blue almost immediately. So um, I have discovered that, that uh, Snapfish... Uh, which is a an online like uh, photo printing and photo gift printing uh, website and company uh, gives me immense amounts of joy. They're they're like joy bombs that I just like cast out into the world and they explode at some point. Um, and it's surprisingly inexpensive for for doing something as as uh, terrible as I did. Um, and so. Um, I, I think previously on a podcast we discussed uh, a lot of our New Year's revelry, um, and at some point in many years past, I captured a picture of Lee drinking Pedialyte out of a martini glass at like 8.30 in the morning, like the morning after one of our heavy <laughs> drinking sessions, and um, Snaffish had a sale on uh, towels where you could print a custom towel with an image. And I, I remembered that, that uh, Lee and Spencer, who share a birthday, which is tomorrow, happy birthday, guys, um, that, that I could get them each something for their birthdays that is personalized and custom. And then I started giggling to myself because I could print out a Sp Spencer, a, a beach towel with... Uh, Lee's picture on it, and I, you know, started customizing my it, and, and I started giggling to myself because it would be like three to five days until Spencer would receive it. And the best part for me was I didn't know when he would receive it. I didn't know who would be opening it, whether it would be him or his girlfriend. And lastly, my favorite part was I was going camping for a week, so there wasn't like a, you know back and forth really that I could have with Spencer where it was just like, hey, you know, it looks like you sent me something. So just at some point when I was driving back from the middle of nowhere, I just got this large text exchange of Spencer going like, what the fuck is this? Who did this? And what is going on? And uh, it was on a drive back from actually uh, Yellowstone that I just started giggling 
and my girlfriend turned over, turned over to look at me. and was just like, "What? What the? What is so funny? And what has got you in stitches?" And um, I had previously told her, I think, that I was I was sending out the uh, the towel, and and I told her that Spencer received it and was baffled and taking pictures of it and going blue just basically immediately. And what the fuck is this? And who the fuck sent it? As if there was any question. Yeah. So, Levi, I don't think you'd seen that. I guess. You, you, you don't think that I've seen what? Terry's mug that I sent got, him. Got, oh, yeah, right, right here. Spencer, oh, that's, that's a blue label with Clint amazed in the back on a coffee mug that I am now going to drink whiskey out of. This is fantastic. Yeah, um, it's all coming full circle. So, BJ, um, I just sort of peek behind the curtain here. When I got that text message, um, my girlfriend was away. She was she was up at a wedding, uh, which I was not invited to. Um, <laughs> girlfriend was invited to a wedding that she couldn't get plus one. Uh, there were no plus ones to that wedding. Um, wow. Okay. So it was all just well, that's weird. Well, I guess keep it small. Yeah, it was a small, smaller wedding. Um, but anyway, I saw that and immediately called her and I don't really make phone calls that much, uh, but I called her and was like, you know what, Samantha, I am, I am just so envious of the the creativity and thoughtfulness of BJ. He is possibly <laughs> one of the like one of the most evilly delicious men in the world because this is fantastic. Um, Agreed. Not only is it a, is it a, a really awkward picture, um, fits into a niche that he needs, which is more towels, um, <laughs> and more importantly, what we know about Simper is that he doesn't get rid of anything. So he, at his core, he will hate to throw this away, even though he hates the fact that he has it. Um, and so this is just the next level, like trolling. Um, I'm, I'm really, all kudos go to you, BJ. You're amazing. Um, this is very thoughtful, hilarious, uh, and really perfectly targeted at, at, at such a, you know, such an asshole guy who just doesn't show up. He just clicks on his friends. <laughs> um, and, and, and I love that you have like basically a dossier of like oppo photos for all of us <laughs> that you can go to. <laughs> the fact you kept that picture is so funny to me. Like, how did you keep that? <laughs> that was probably from five, six years ago. Did you intentionally yeah. keep that to to, to have dirt on all of us, or, or is it just you you hoard things and you were scrolling through it and like this? I mean, it was in Google Photos, so it's just like I was scrolling through photos trying to decide. Um, I also had like a uh, some free prints to do, so I was like deciding what I wanted to uh, print out for for the uh, photos, and you know, I like every so often I take pictures when I've gone on hikes or something like that. And so I was browsing through some of my photos, and I was getting a little bit older photos, you know, stuff that that was, uh, I don't know, in, in my Google photo roll, and that came up. And I just, I saw it, and I, I figured it had to be done. Sure. And <laughs> He's bringing it to Con of Thrones, too. I'm really excited about that. Before, so, we, get, uh, before we go any farther, let's do a little housekeeping. Um, Spencer, I mean, uh, BJ, do you want to say what uh, is going on with Mac and Breeze? Uh, sure. I, I was going to say one more thing about the towel, and I yeah. thought that uh, Spencer's surprise for me was he was going to uh, send whiskey that was padded with that towel because he he was just upset about having it like sent to him. And so that, that's what I assumed the surprise was when I thought he actually might be uh, sending out some some whiskey. Um, 
But yeah, so uh, Mangum Reads, we just did a short story uh, that we listened to on uh, LeVar Burton Reads, which I highly recommend. It's a lot of fun. It's about a half hour, hour long uh, podcast where LeVar Burton reads a story. Um, and so we did uh, Your Authentic Indian Experience. And so that episode will probably be out in about two weeks. Um, episode going out this week should be the last of the fifth season. So we finished up the book that we read by N.K. Jamison, uh, discussing some of the, what was going on, stuff like that. And then our next book that we're reading is The Likeness by Tom French, and we'll probably do a couple of episodes on that. And then we'll probably do, you know, a short story or something along those lines as we uh, figure that out. Great. And we just launched Mangum Talks TV. Um, this is a podcast that Spencer and I are doing. It's not show-specific. We're just going to cover any television show that we like. We started episode one um, with the first episode in a five-part miniseries uh, called Chernobyl on HBO. Episode titled 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. So check that out. It's really good. Um, and I think we can use that as a jumping-off point to a Spencer story. So Spencer and I, were going to plan to uh, watch Chernobyl and, and talk about it. And I, I figured... As I'm watching it, I'm like, you know what? I don't have any idea how a nuclear reactor works. And how am I going to do a podcast talking about the Chernobyl disaster if I'm completely ignorant about how a nuclear reactor works or what the hell happened in Chernobyl? So I spent a couple hours down studying, trying to figure it out. I, as BJ will tell you, I am not from a science background. I do not know shit about anything. But I was able to Wikipedia my way through a pretty clumsy description of what a nuclear reactor is and what went wrong at Chernobyl. And I did this at the top of the episode. It was like 15, 20 minutes. I did this spiel all about it. I was super proud of myself. And at the end, um, Spencer just was quiet, didn't say anything. And he just pointed out that, you know, the, the wind turbine that, uh, you know, when you, in, in, within a nuclear reactor, you have steam technology. The steam goes up. It spins a turbine. I'd been calling it a propeller. So the first thing he tells me is, yeah, you should probably call it a propeller. It's like such a dick move. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very Spencer. Um, yeah, actually, and there's one thing that uh, we all haven't done, or maybe Levi's done since he's not on camera, is uh, pour the whiskey and uh, describe the whiskey that we are drinking. Sure. I'll start. Um, I have got a whiskey called Jefferson's Reserve. This is from the, what is the distillery name? I think it's just Jefferson's Distillery. Yeah. Um, the distillery started in 1997. It's, of course, made after the namesake, which is Thomas Jefferson. And this is their reserve selection. It's billed as very old, so I don't know what that means, uh, and very small batch. I don't know what that means either, but it's a little overproofed at 90.2. And I'm drinking it out of a mug of Spencer Housing Lulu. Which is uh, hopefully appropriate. Um, so actually, uh, this is – I'm going to quickly do a – segment that, that hopefully will be a continuing uh, segment on this uh, podcast, which is uh, on good. demand. Um, so I picked up Russell's Reserve, um, and it's a 10-year-old bourbon. Um, it's, both, it's Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, and it was half off at my local grocery store, so instead of like the normal 50, it was 25. Um, and I will say that for $25, it is a surprisingly good whiskey. Um, you know, it's sort of a little cinnamony, sweet, and all, all the, the things that you sort of expect from uh, a well-aged uh, Kentucky. Um, 
Nice. Levi, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking something that I've, I've, I've uh, had to drink before, but when I, you know, 10 minutes before the podcast started, um, I was sort of scrabbing around trying to see what, what I had available, um, and I had uh, some scotch that I didn't want to drink, um, and then Eagle Rare. Um, didn't want to drink a scotch at 11 a.m. Um, but the bourbon's fine. The bourbon's fine. Um, <laughs> goes down easier. I don't know, man. Scotch just seems like it's it's not a, a day drinking situation. That's it's a, an after dinner drink, definitely. Yeah. That's an afternoon to, to evening after dinner. Um, extremely just tea rather than an aperitif. Well, yeah. I will I will say that while I'm not a big fan of the Jefferson Distillery, only because they have released a farce of a bourbon which is called Aged in, Aged at Sea, <laughs> where they literally take barrels of bourbon, put it on a, a ship and just sail it around for a while and then sell it to you for $50 more if this. That being said, <laughs> that is, <laughs> this Jefferson's Reserve is really good. Yeah, Jefferson's Reserve is, is, is pretty damn solid. Yeah, it, it's solid. A little bit sweeter than maybe um, I would like, but that helps it go down considering it's a quote overproof. I mean, it's more than you're used to, right? 90. What, at 90.2? 90.2, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I think uh, yeah I'm also at ninety so yeah it's a little bit five percent more than uh, I guess the normal and I was gonna say so that reminded me there's a I think it's Shackleton's uh, Scotch and there are like a good handful of other ones that that have this sort of appellation where it's just like we put probably loaded it on a container ship and and sailed it around for a little while and it, it has qualities of the oceans that are you know it's a little salty and it's like okay yeah sure you know it maybe maybe you added a little bit of salt to the uh barrel at some point but um usually don't don't detect any difference but it's usually a little bit more expensive it's almost as funny as um there is a, a scotch and, and i can't remember the distillery offhand but they called it galileo they flew up uh, a couple of <laughs> So yep. yep. It was Ardbeg. Um, yeah, they they just like put it on a a rocket and it went to like lower Earth atmosphere or something like that. Came back and it's like, all right, you know. Now it's better. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what the Shackleton whiskey is named after? I assume uh, Shackleton the Explorer. Yep. There you go. Yep. And Levi, how's that awesomely readily available Buffalo Trace product? Uh, it's 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 pretty good. It's 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 a very very enjoyable uh, drink for yep with my weekend situation. Um, yep. Um, but as you're talking about that, um, I had a thought. Um, so you're talking about these sort of like new hip products that do these zany things, try to get attention, um, and sort of add a markup to the products, but ultimately it's underwhelming. Um, so last night I went to eat at a, a, a barbecue restaurant, Terry, uh, in the Durham area. Ooh, which one? It's called Picnic. Okay. Yep. Have, have you been there? I've not been there, but I know what, you, I know what you're talking about. Okay. So um, the backstory is my girlfriend wanted to go and ha- bring some of her friends. Um, and so I said, sure, sure. Um, but in looking it up, I, um, I'm showing my sort of, sort of prejudice, uh, that I I thought the sign was a little bit too hip. Um, and I thought <laughs> the photos of it 
No, you want an old beat up sign. And I was like, this is this is this is hipster barbecue, um, is what's going on here. Um, but I will say, um, their fried green tomatoes were a little underwhelming. The the, the actual um, barbecue was was delicious. Um, I did love, even though it's a little bit a little bit on the nose, but I did love how uh, in, in their sort of barbecue section they had you know a plate and a half plate. And then they had another section, which was called non-native barbecue, um, where they had ribs and and sort of um, yeah. standard fare there. Um, but it but it was pretty damn good. Um, the sides were like really good. Um, someone got got fried chicken there, and it was it, it was pretty solid. It was surprisingly good for for a sort of hip establishment. Um, don't normally associate with quality in that space. Um, yeah. To sort of bring it back around, like, is there been like a hip sort of thing? It's sort of overly hip thing in you guys' experience that you've, you've tried or had um, that's been like surprisingly good and you didn't necessarily like it. Because I think all you guys are in agreement of this sort of overly hip, um, trying too hard um, motif is, is a little bit of a turnoff. You're willing to try it, but you're, you don't really love it. Uh, that's a good question. So, back in my brain. Uh, since we're talking about food, and that's sort of always one of my favorite uh, things to talk about. Um, there's a, and, and I think this, this speaks directly to your question that there, so brunch, I feel like is, uh, way overhyped and not quite hipster, but, but just gets way more attention than, than I feel like it should. Yes. It's, it's somewhere between breakfast and lunch because he didn't get out of bed, uh, early enough on, on a weekend. Damn, uh, you were such an old Jewish man. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you're just eating brunch because you didn't get up. <laughs> that was my Jewish voice, by the way. Still works out that. I was going to say, it sounded like uh, a Game of Thrones character a little bit. A little, little piratey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so, for the most part, it's, you know, eggs of some sort uh, prepared some way, like, you know, corned beef hash and eggs benedict, something like that. And people just seem to, and then some alcoholic drinks if you're so inclined, and people just, some people just seem to lose their mind over it, and for the most part, I feel like brunch places, they can do something reasonably well, use reasonably fresh ingredients, and it's good, it's fine, but my desire to wait at a restaurant for half an hour and an hour for, you know, our pretend, you know, we put a fancy spin on Eggs Benedict, because we have, you know, a smoked salmon Eggs Benedict Unlike any other restaurant, it's like, all right, thanks. Yeah, everyone else has the same thing. Um, But there was a place that I went to in Asheville with my girlfriend uh, earlier this year that just had, um, and I think they had a bunch of vegetarian dishes too, which just were really good. um, I want to say it was like a winter squash hash and... Uh, it didn't have any eggs, but it was just like a really good fresh ingredients, well put together. Like they had a good chef, and I usually avoid going to vegetarian restaurants or getting vegetarian dishes, like unless I'm with my mom, who's not going to eat meat out or something like that. Um, and you know, it just looked interesting, and I got it, and I think it even had some, like, bullshit, like, you know, we have, like, salted caramel popcorn that, you know, we, you know, uh, get into small pieces for an added crunch, and I was just like, I mean, this looks good, but, man, it looks so hipster, and it was good, and I 
would highly recommend that restaurant. I definitely can look it up and find the name, but uh, we had two different dishes and they were both really good. Um, one of them I think was a, a pumpkin waffle or something like that, or, or butternut squash waffle. And again, you know, it wasn't overly sweet. It was well, like everything was well balanced and really well put together. And I, it, it pained me a little bit to enjoy it so much because it was clearly so Asheville. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a good one for that. That's a good topic. Leva. Um, so here in Durham, there is a restaurant. It's a, like a fast casual place called Sushiyaki. And <laughs> basically what they do is they make sushi burritos and they'll fill it with like, I mean, they, they have some traditional, traditional like sushi elements, right? They'll have like ones that have like cucumber or um, smoked salmon or tuna or whatever. But they also do like super hipster ones where it's like a rolled sushi burrito with bulgogi, bulgogi beef in it. And I just ordered one one day, uh, sitting here on a Saturday, and I ordered it. And I hated myself for it because I'm like, this is the most trendy, stupid shit ever. But I got to tell you, sushiaki, the rolled sushi burrito with beef bulgogi is fucking delicious. Sushiaki. Um, I think it was called Over Easy Cafe, but I'm not 100% on that. But going back, and, uh, uh, oh, sorry, actual. sorry, go ahead. No, that, that's it. Just give me a shout out to the actual place, I think. Yeah. So, Levi, uh, going back to your comment about barbecue restaurants, um, I'm completely with you that I want it to look a little dingy. And there is a place in Durham that absolutely checks that box. It's called Backyard Barbecue mm-hmm. on 55. I went there on Friday. And it's, it's amazing. So basically you go in, you order, and they have like a, it's almost like cafeteria style. They have a line, and they just prepare your food, and then you check out. And I was like, okay, I want a barbecue sandwich. And he went, all right, you want slaw? And I was like, slaw on the side. And he went, oh, damn. And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, man, I ain't got nothing to put this on the side. What are you talking about? I was like, okay, man, it's cool. Put it on the sandwich. He said, nah, actually, shit, okay. And he went in the back. He got this teeny little ramekin. Like, nowhere near the amount of coleslaw I normally would have gotten. And he just put a little bit of that. And I said, okay, and I'd like a rack of ribs. He's like, that's just for you? And I'm like, why? 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 (laughs) He's so angry at me. I was like, that's for me and my wife. And he goes, okay, all right, it's going to be a while. I said, okay, fine. And I got up to the counter, and then the lady who was checking me out turned and looked at him and said, did he get a whole rack of ribs? (laughs) (laughs) Most aggressive place. But I, I, I left there thinking, like, okay, these people are pretty terrible customer service, they're kind of jerks, but that might be what I want from my barbecue place. That's exactly what you want out of a barbecue place. Because <laughs> the barbecue fundamentally is, is a, it, it, it's not an equal footing. The customer is not right. Like barbecue, <laughs> bar, barbecue is what barbecue is, right? Don't trust the barbecue place that like has hours that are posted and that are immutable um, because you, it takes hours to make barbecue properly. It takes you know, probably 12, 12, 16 hours to make barbecue properly. So when you're out, you're out. It just it's no more available. We can't just make more. Um, Which we I think is why he was so mad that I got a whole rack of ribs. <laughs> that very much could have contributed to it, but I just like the you know the way that they, <laughs> there's like, wait, what do you want? <laughs> uh, I guess um, so self-conscious that I wanted. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's exactly what you want out of a barbecue place. Um, I'm I, I'm. I'm I'm now researching Over Easy Cafe and, and trying to see if I've, I've been to that place. I think I've been there. So, it, I mean, if you look on Google Maps, at least on your phone, um, you can 
sort restaurants by places that you've been. So if you just search brunch Asheville and then click like visited, then it will tell you that, that if you've been there or not, if you keep up at all on your Google timeline, which I do because I like giving Google way too much information about me because it's their fault. So I have been to this place. Um, I think I have. I don't remember yeah. exactly. So, so just for the, the backstory there, um, Asheville is a, a, a relatively small town. Um, and actually, um, that was right down the street, like three blocks from where my girlfriend lived for a summer because she was doing an, an internship at the, the Bunscombe um, Department of Health. Um, and I, I must have been there, but I don't recall it. But now I'm, I'm searching for there's a place that was on that same on that same sort of street, um, Walnut Street, which is is the sort of main thoroughfare there, uh, yep. inter intersects with where Overeasy is, and I can't find it. But there was this fantastic little bar um, that had possibly the best Bloody Mary I've ever had in my entire life. Um, <laughs> they just had like one of me was good and spicy, but a Bloody Mary is a pretty simple thing thing to get right. Um, but like they had like. A great selection of a couple of meats, a couple of cheeses, and then like good vegetables uh, that were accompanied. Like really good okra. Then uh, it had a stuffed olive that was that was fantastic, um, which is what you want out of a Bloody Mary, right? You know, you just don't want the you know the vodka and, and, and tomato juice. You want yep. you want some vegetables to go with it. You want some fiber in your diet. You want to feel like you know, I'm going <laughs> in the right direction. I need a baby step, but I'm going in the right direction for the day. Um, but yeah. I, I, can't find that place, um, which is really sad. I hope they had, had it shut down uh, because it was, it was a nice little space. Um, yep. So, so, uh, go ahead, BJ. I was going to quickly say, you know, I'll, I'll toss in the uh, overhyped, but something that I enjoy, which is Bloody Marys. Mimosas, um, not so much, but uh, I do quite enjoy a, a good Bloody Mary. And I feel like those two drinks, because they're, especially because they're served with brunch and apparently in San Diego, and I don't know if it's a, a thing as much on the, the East Coast, but there's like a huge bottomless uh, mimosa thing, uh, very much so in like Boulder and Denver as well, where um, apparently in Boulder, there are a lot of places that it's like seven bucks for a mimosa, but 10 for bottomless. So if you're gonna get two, yeah, yeah exactly. It's insane. Um, I don't know that if it makes them to regret that. <laughs> There, there are plenty of places that have bottomless mimosas. Uh, maybe not in uh, the Triangle area, but it, if you leave there, we can definitely do that sometime. I'm sure, you can find some in uh, Nashville. Yeah, we probably can. Uh, this actually, it's interesting that we sort of organically got to this topic because the one topic I prepared is I wanted to talk about what food item has become really popular and trendy that you are happy it has become popular and trendy, right? So like a baseline example for this, and sorry if I'm stealing your thunder, would be like kimchi, right? So kimchi for years is just something that was not prevalent in America. It's gotten very popular now. It's, you go to a hipster bar, a gastro pub, it's not uncommon to find kimchi topped hamburgers, hot dogs, whatever. Yeah. But I, I'm glad that it got popular, right? I know it's trendy, but I'm, I also still really like it. Yeah. Um, I think that... I would say um, like house pickles, and uh, I, I mean I would I, I think this is a little bit more niche, but just doing like house made things like sauces, ketchups, whatever, um, uh, especially like 
you know, the cured meats variety is just makes me so very, very happy. Um, but uh, even, you know, your your brew pub or whatever, gastro pub is going to have like a, a pickled onion, you know, they do their own pickled onions on their burgers and, and, and stuff like that. And I think that's, it's so easy, it's so straightforward, but it's so nice that that's super common. And uh, yep, you brought up kimchi, and, and I, I think that one of the things that I find super interesting and I get is that I would highly doubt that a lot of places make their own kimchi, but it's about, you know, it's a little bit more work, but a, not a lot more, but it's become super common. Like you can find it in grocery stores, which, I mean, I kind of appreciate, but um, I, I think that there are often times where my appreciation sort of tips the other direction where it's just, it frustrates me when they dump things down for like the American palate. And I think that kimchi can be one of those where it's just like there's like American brands of kimchi and it just, I, I don't like as much. And, you know, I know that, that that's me being super judgy and it's just like, you know, you need to get on board with the quote unquote, you know, authentic tastes. But I, I think that it, you know, there's a whole discussion there about what's authentic and what's not and what stays true to things. But I, I think that the there are like Korean kimchi's that I've enjoyed a lot more because they're more pungent in various ways that I feel like wouldn't be as palatable to say a Midwest palate. Well, I think it's I think you can do both things, right? You can both say I'm glad that kimchi has become more prevalent. I'm glad that more Americans are eating it. But I also like a, another variety that maybe isn't as popular with mainstream America. And I'm with you. I, I want my kimchi to be thinking. Um, have you ever made your own kimchi, BJ? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I want to do that. <laughs> I mean, it, it's surprisingly easy. Essentially, you take a container, and it can even be like a, a large pickle jar or something like that. You salt whatever vegetable you're using, Napa, uh, radish, or, or something like that. Um, you let it ferment for a little while and you're done. Or you can add uh, red pepper, flakes, powder, et cetera, and make a spicy kimchi. So, I mean, it's essentially you just let it sit uh, on the counter and ferment, and then you weigh it down so it's all underneath liquid uh, once it starts producing liquid. But essentially, it's honestly just salt and vegetable and, and thyme. I'm doing that. I'm absolutely doing that. Levi, do you have a uh, an example of this? A couple of examples. They're not as as as, as perfectly hip as as BJ's. Um, one, um, which is a a a thing that I'm very very much appreciative of, uh, tacos. Yeah, T tacos were not a thing when we grew up. I mean, they I mean they existed, but there was no like care and attention made to tacos. Um, oh. Now that they moved away from the hard shell bullshit that, like, I exactly. don't know why it was ever a thing. Or even the flour, the flour soft shell. Um, yeah, I don't like the flour soft shell. I, I, like, I like a hard shell better than a flour soft shell. Um, but it just, there's been an attention made to the fact that a taco is supposed to be very, very simple. Um, and, and, you know, the meats, uh, the onion, the cilantro, maybe a little stuff around the margins there, but, but nothing, don't go crazy. Um, I really do appreciate the fact that that's coming to its own. Preach. Um, other thing, uh, Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Now, I this is selfish in the sense that I really didn't like Brussels sprouts until they became hip and like people actually you know, cooked them well. Um, 
but I'm really appreciative that they are hip um, because Brussels sprouts at a, at a sort of nicer restaurant. I know I'm going to love that thing. Um, yeah, people used to boil Brussels sprouts. Like yep. People used to boil everything. Um, yeah. I would also throw throw beets in that category. Um, no, fuck, fuck, fuck beets. They're terrible. Okay. Um, <laughs> in my own right, I'm going to outlaw beets. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but go on, BJ. Go, go ahead and yeah, say your appreciation of the discussion. I was going to say, just like, I, I think that they're enjoyable in salads, and often, like, you'll get, you know, a quick beet salad, like, at a nicer place, and it's just sort of a, a pleasant uh, salad. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to tack on that you're talking about tacos reminded me of, and I know that, that I'm diverting a little bit from the topic, but um, it, it annoys me that... Um, so there's a style of uh, Chinese bun uh, of bao that is more like a taco instead of like a completely encased bun. Yep. And yep. Um, it's uh, I think gua bao as opposed to like I don't remember the other term offhand. Um, but it drives me insane that like everybody assumes that the taco style is like what bao is so like a smoked pork or, or a barbecue pork bun is like it looks like a taco and pretty much all of the uh, yeah, all food trucks and stuff sell those that style as opposed to the ones that are completely encased and and are more like a bun and it's so funny to me i get why it's because like you can prepare them more fresh more easily because um, you just have like the the shell and you just put whatever fillings you want in it but like it would make so much sense to me and be so easy to just have like a complete package. It's like, you know, the difference between having like a small burrito and the taco, like one of them is sort of a lot more cleaner and more portable. And so if you're like taking lunch somewhere, it'd be easier to have like the fully packaged bow. And it just drives me insane when like all of the examples that you see in modern, it it seems like, you know, on Instagram or or social media or whatever are these taco style rather than like the fully encased ones. Yeah. And BJ, I think me and you are like, whenever we talk food, we're usually right on the same page because I right now in my freezer have fully encased bao buns with like egg custard. And then I have one with pork. Uh, That's my favorite style, but I do appreciate the fact that it's more prevalent to have the taco style because those are still good. It's just not my preference. And I have really one, final, um, one final example on this topic. Um, and for me, it's oxtail. Um, oxtail is now becoming a thing. It, Levi, I, would, I, thought, I would thought of this because at Backyard <laughs> Barbecue, that place I went to where they berated me for wanting coleslaw on the side, um, they have oxtail. Nice. Yeah, it's like, and you, you I mean, me and you have been to God knows how many barbecue restaurants. I mean, that's not a thing in North not Carolina that would usually yeah. be on a barbecue restaurant menu. Um, but it's getting popular. So, again, there's the plus and the minus. So it used to be that you could get oxtail for stews and whatever else, and it'd be super cheap because it's mostly bones. So it's like yeah. bones and stuff like that where, you know, you're usually paying like under a dollar a pound for it, maybe a little bit more because, you know, there's a little bit less oxtail. Um, but now there are definitely times that I've seen it for like 6 to $10 a pound for like almost no meat and just some bone. And it's like, Really? Like people are paying this, and and it's not only are people paying it, but places that carry it 
run out because as soon as they get in again, every you know it gets bought up super quickly. And again, you know, I, I completely agree. It's one of the things that I, I like that is more prevalent and that people are using it. It's an interesting cut of meat, but it and I think I would say this in general that like interesting cuts of meat that used to be inexpensive, um, like. Uh, I think like neck flaps and beef cheeks and stuff like that sort of became popular again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like it used to be an inexpensive way, way to get some interesting cut that you had to prepare some way and then it became super popular and it's like, all right, well, um, you know, I guess I can't get flap for like $2 a pound. It's now like $15 a pound, like rivaling uh, ribeye or something like that. And it's just like, what are you guys doing? And I get that like there isn't much of it, but it's because it's an off cut. Well, I, you're 100% right, BJ. It's gotten too expensive. But I will point out that, yeah, you don't get a lot of meat with oxtail, but the the bone releases, I believe it's marrow, but it, re- it releases something in the stew if you're braising it or making a stew that adds to the whatever you're cooking it in. And so, oh, yeah. to that. so you get benefit beyond just the meat. Yeah, I uh, completely agree. But I also, it, it just is funny to me because, like, there'll be times that there's oxtail and uh, neck bones or whatever else. And they're a little bit different, but they're not different enough. And having like a five ten dollar difference between, between the two is just funny to me, but it's people know that oxtail is used for making certain soups. Um, I think neck bones is the next thing. If I, if I was buying like into like a food stock market of what's going to be bigger in three years than is now, I would, I would go neck bones because neck bones are delicious. Yep. That's my go-to. At, I have a favorite soul food restaurant in Durham that delivers to me. I get neck bones pretty much every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've, been, we've done the food podcast so far. Yeah, we have. Um, so I was going to say, and a little bit continue, but but I'll pass it off to you guys once I tell you this uh, other part, which is uh, the on-brand segment. Um, so uh, I guess this is on-brand for both me and my mother. Uh, so at some point she was out shopping and saw travel chopsticks and it's basically chopsticks that collapse into a smaller package and have a little case and, and, you know, it's this cute little thing. And so she's like, Oh yeah, you know, I, I know my son would like these and send them out to me. And so, you know, I thought they were cute and whatever, but you know, when am I actually going to use them? Well, it turns out that they make a great, uh, thing to go camping with. Uh, because, you know, you don't need <laughs> fork and knife and spoon for, like, most of the things that you're camping with. So there's some pictures of me camping in Yellowstone, like, eating, the you know, the uh, MRE kind of thing uh, and, and other things but just with my travel chopsticks. And my friend's going, like, what are you doing? Like, you know, we have camping silverware. I was like, yeah, but that stuff sucks. Like, I have chopsticks. Like, why do I need that stuff? I'm just envisioning you BJ, eating a little like right, little like uh, you know, beans and hot dogs, um, beans and weenies, um, and <laughs> just picking up with a little chopstick. Yep. So, so dainty, like uh, is great. Someone hiking in Yellowstone eating with chopsticks is the most BJ thing I've ever heard. <laughs> God, BJ, that is hilarious. That is BJ cube. <laughs> As I said, it's on brand. I thought Very you guys would so. like it. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, that's that's my uh, on brand for for the episode. I'm gonna do an on brand, but I'm gonna do it about my wife. Um, so it, a couple of weeks ago, my boss approached me and said, "You know, Terry, 
you haven't taken a vacation in like two and a half years. I think you probably need to take one. We'll, we'll cover things here. It's okay. And I was like, okay, well, great. Thank you. Because I had been reticent to take a vacation because I don't have a natural backup, but she tried to make me feel good about scheduling some time. So I told Sarah, I said, okay, look, starting the end of July, we get really busy. So the third week in July, the week after Game of Thrones, I'm going to take two or three days, just anything you want, just schedule something, anything you would like to do, I'm down. And so she comes to me and she researches this. And I, I've looked at her laptop a few times and it's like, 45 different open tabs at the top where she's trying to figure out <laughs> flights or bed and breakfasts or whatever. My favorite part about this is uh, we, we talked a little about about taking vacation. You're like, oh, I can't take that much time off. And you're like, yeah, I'm taking a, a you know a vacation finally, like two or three days off. Um, I, yeah. I feel like this very Spencer of like, well, I have work to do and, and you know, it's super important. And I'm like, I get it. I agree that, you know, your work is very important, but I just find the like, well, you know, she convinced me that I have to take a, you know, a serious vacation. So I'm taking two to three days off. Yeah. Well, I'm, and this is, gets into my psychology, but I'm very protective of the team that I manage and I don't want to be away from them that long because I feel like they'll be out on an island without any resources. But anyway, that's the logic behind it. So she comes to me with a proposal. So you okay. think they'd be lost without you? Uh, maybe my Huber speaking, but if I was gone for two weeks, I think they'd feel it. Yeah. Um, I, I was making a TV. Oh, lost. Yeah. Are you talking about lost? The, the yeah. Show that didn't On know an island end? without uh, resources. <laughs> yep. Anyway. Show that didn't know where it was going. Um, she comes to me and she says, okay, let's fly to Nova Scotia. Let's rent a car. I found this little town that we can go stay in this bed and breakfast. It's got like two beds in it run by this little old family. And then we'll drive to another side of the island and then there's another bed and breakfast there that I've researched, and there's some little pubs around, and we'll go hiking, and then we'll come back and we'll fly home from Nova Scotia. And I was like, that is hashtag on brand, Sarah. <laughs> and I am 100% down. That I'm sounds going, amazing. I'm, I'm going to Nova Scotia. We're doing that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm writing this down for, for things to do when, when I'm in Boston because I'll be up close to, to that area. Um, we've already put on the list uh, going to Montreal, which, which neither my girlfriend or I have gone to. Yeah. And it seems like a weird city to go to. Weird fun city. There's a really good food scene there. I'm sure. Same thing. Super hip. I mean, yeah. But like a small B&B in Nova Scotia? Yes, we can. Yes, sir. Smoke fish. I was going to say, that, that seems more uh, or closer to on brand for Levi and Sam than... than uh, no, it's, it's more on brand for me. It's less on brand for Sam. Um, she likes cities, uh, whereas I'm okay with living in the middle of nowhere. Um, I yeah. generally like cities, but I'm always just down for something that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah like, but... Yeah, but, go ahead. but you grew up in the country, like right? you're not a, like the idea of being in the middle of nowhere is not a not a foreign concept to you. I think people who live in cities can oftentimes become more accustomed to that. Um, like for example, so uh, we were driving to um, a small little sort of beach town um, in the in the south of of North Carolina um, with my girlfriend. Uh, we're going to meet, meet some of our friends. Um, one of our friends' families had a house down there. Um, and we're driving to these small towns in the middle of nowhere. We, we've got houses that are decaying, decrepit. Um, and, and all her friends in the car were just like, this is so terrifying. This is scary. And I was just like, this is, this is what small towns are like. This is totally normal. Um, and I just like went on a tear with them of like, I don't know. You know, people from the, this area, they would say, go into a fucking city where there's, there's people walking around. There's people standing on the corner. They would say that's terrifying. They probably have guns and drugs. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas you look at that, it's just like maybe they do, maybe they don't. And they're not going to bother me. It's, it's okay. Um, it's just whatever you're accustomed to. Um, 
So I think, Terry, while you do love cities, you do love sort of the amenities that cities have, you mentioned earlier that you have a food delivery place now, now that you've moved to civilization. Um, uh, but I think you, you also in your, in your heart have like a, a comfort with middle of nowhere. Sure. Yeah, I can do both. But I, again, I just, I'm drawn to interesting things. So like I would, and the reason I, I brought up the, the Nova Scotia trip, it's nothing, in a, you give me a thousand iterations of a, of a vacation I never would have picked it. Yeah. When I mean, she said it, I was like, yes. That sounds interesting. So, you have an on-brand story? I'm racking my brain. I'm really trying to think. Um, I mean, I'm on-brand every day. I just don't know <laughs> um, what it is that would be particularly on-brand with my... You, I, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Jerry. How about, how about you uh, heel-turning away from Kimba's a chucker who... Uh, Kimball Walker and the Chucker, who doesn't do max money to, oh, your future Boston Celtics are often in max money. He's pretty good, actually. He facilitates a little bit better than you might think. And, you know, he fits in with the other pieces. How is that a heel turn? Well, <laughs> well you, you said that Charlotte shouldn't give him the max, and now Boston's giving him the max. Well, they're, they're different maxes. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's still, I mean, that, he's going to be their franchise guy now. He is. Uh, I mean, I... I, I if I had to architect the team, I wouldn't design around Kimball Walker, but uh, in their position, makes makes a bit of sense. Do you um, think they would have? Sorry, we're slipping into Mangaplex hoops, but do you think they would have done that if Woodford came back? Probably not. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a little bit more desperation when Woodford left. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm glad the Celtics are going to have a half decent uh, team that I can go watch and live there, um, as opposed to watching uh, Jalen Brown and. And and twelve time Tatum. Did you see the twelve time Tatum? <laughs> Great. Uh, uh, so did you see that uh, that the um, Mavericks are potentially facilitating a trade with the Heat, where they're going to get back Goran Dragic? No, I've not seen. So that. they're going to trot out a team with Luka Doncic, Goran Dragic, and Kristaps Porzingis. <laughs> We're going straight Euro. Euro, okay. yes. Um, so I will say that the, the little on brand that I have, other than, you know, uh, basketball, is um, so in our text exchanges about Spencer, uh, Levi, you very quickly sent out a, uh, an animated GIF of uh, a man rubbing his hands together, very excited to, to what he might receive. And I feel like the less you can talk in any given exchange, the better. And I feel like animated GIFs, especially, you know, maybe ones with subtitles, like I could just see you being using that as your main mode of communication with many, many people. It's just like a, you know exactly what I'm trying to say and I don't have to type it out. I don't even have to type a sentence. Here's just a, a little picture. There's a bit of a backstory there, but but I 100% agree that that is, it, it's on brand for me. Um, the backstory is, is that A, um, like within the past year, I've gotten an iPhone, which, um, is a facilitator of, of getting access to gifts because that exists on Android devices. But mm -hmm. um, my Android device that I had was like five years old when I got rid of it a year ago. Um, so it, it was not exactly the latest and greatest in terms of features and functionality. Um, so the, the, the messaging platform that I have unlocks capabilities. And additionally, I've moved work groups and, and more regularly use Slack. Um, and and we're, we're, on Slack, there is a, a command called Giphy which you can pull sort of gifts and, and put them in. Um, and it is 
it's like one of our things to find the right appropriate gift for the moment of the situation. Because yep. I'm on a small team. Um, we're cynical about a lot of things. <laughs> you know, our our company leadership will say something. We'll have sort of a cynical take on some, some elements, right? There's there's even if you agree with directions of things, you can find a sort of cynical way of of, of approaching a situation. Um, and we sort of have a an informal competition of trying to find the most appropriate gift to be able to just just put a cherry on top of a situation. Um, and so I've been honing my craft for quite some time, and I'm glad you appreciate the, the, the sort of work and practice that I put into this um, to make sure that I'm appropriate for for all all situations. I would like to shout us out because we on that text train uh, or, or trail that PJ was talking about. We said Spencer said that what it, it would be a surprise if we were getting risky. So Levi does a gif of a guy rubbing his hands as if he's in anticipation. I do the Mean Girls. It's not going to happen. And then PJ does Kanye shrugging. <laughs> it's great. Levi's like, Ooh, I wonder what we're gonna get. I'm like, nothing. And PJ's like, ah, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I guess that's a pretty perfect on brand for all of us. Um, and so the other thing that I'll say about gifts, and uh, I think it's uh, Google Board or whatever the uh, app that that does my keyboard has a function where you can make your own gifts. And apparently it's going away, and I'm really sad about that. So you can basically use the camera to to make a looping GIF. And one of my favorite things, and I think I've sent it out to some of you every so often, is is I have one where I I raise one of my eyebrows, like look, you know, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that is probably my most used response to like to my girlfriend, other than yes, dear, in in texts or, or hangouts or whatever, uh, just in general. Uh, Sarah and I have that too, and it's like we have like a, about ten different cat gifs, where the cat is either kissing the camera or hugging somebody or something. So instead of doing like the "Hey, love you," "Hey, hope you're having a good day," we just fire off like a cat kissing the camera. Oh man, yeah. so Levi, how do you feel about that? It's really adorable. No, um, no, 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 not that. His pronunciation. Oh, it's terrible. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean it's 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 not correct at all. What isn't? <laughs> it's a gif. It's it's gif. Okay. I mean, the the, the creator <laughs> of the format did say that it's called gif, he, but he's wrong, so it's fine. Um, but you know, I I also have people on my team. Um, so I've got a, a, a sort of more, not international, but basically U.S. and Canada, and they, there are certain ways of, of pronouncing things that that some of the Canadian guys do. It just just it, it's so lovely. Um, I can't do it justice, so I don't want to sort of try to emulate it. But there are certain certain things that that are my ear mispronounced that I just love. Um, anyway, um, so VJ, I hope you're a little bit more sort of a better partner than than your relaying of your text exchanges with your girlfriend are. A sort of sarcastic, yes, dear, uh, and a, a, sh a sort of quizzical um, but like condescending eyebrow raise. I mean, I guess I don't use it to be condescending. And the yes, dear, um, yeah, it, it's 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 corrected. So initially, it was a little bit sarcastic, and then she kind of like got play angry about it because she's like, "Oh my god, seriously, you're saying yes, dear, to me?" And then it finally crested over to like the like it's just something that is in our our exchanges. Um, and so, uh, and I have discovered like the, the worst version, which is, um, calling her babe. So saying like, yeah, babe. Uh, 
uh, apparently is like the next step worse. And so that's when I actually want to be more uh, sarcastic and bother her. Yeah, babe doesn't fit your M- M- MO. Um, nope. Nope. I don't say that either. It's <clears throat> weird. All right, what else do we want to touch on or do we want to wrap up? Uh, I think that's pretty good. I don't, I don't think I have anything else for uh, this episode, but uh, yeah, short we can episode. Get one soon with uh, whiskey and Spencer. Yeah, Levi, anything else? Mm, no, um, nothing really comes to mind. I, I will say that the Doctor Ruth documentary on on Hulu is really quite endearing. Wait, what? There's a a documentary on Hulu uh, okay. about Doctor Doctor Ruth, um, the sex Who's- therapist. Oh, I have heard of her. She was on Howard Stern a lot. Um, it, it is is really charming. Um, like she's a, a a very charming person. Uh, escaped uh, Germany during during the Nazi era. Uh, went to to Israel, and uh, actually uh, trained to be a sniper, um, which doesn't fit in her mo. Uh, and then became a sex therapist. But it's it's very sweet. All right, I like that recommendation. I'm gonna check it out. I just started um, Big Little Lies. Mm. Have any, either one of you watched that? No, nope. interest. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. So they, so it's this like sort of mystery type show, but they just establish early on that everyone is rich in the show. Everybody's rich. You don't. You, they never tell you how everybody got their money. It's just it is known they're rich. And I posited to Sarah that they cast Nicole Kidman in it, mm-hmm. and I think that Nicole Kidman has been so rich for so long. She's not capable of playing a character that's not rich. So they just had to create this environment of rich people <laughs> for her to even be in it. <laughs> oh, so, so so speaking of this, um, it did bring up something that I that, that was, I was talking about with my girlfriend recently, um, which I, I'm curious to see you guys' his thoughts. Um, so I was listening to a podcast. Um, so Terry, it was um, Ron Russell and, and, and Bill Simmons, and they were talking about the movie The Town, um, which I, I had vague memories of, and I was just like. They sounded very, you know, they gave a lot of praise, and yeah, you know, why not? Um, I'll watch it and start, started watching it. And it's a Boston-based movie. Um, it involves some, some some bank robbers in in, in Boston. Um, but as I started watching it, I, I just the, the the thought hit me of: Is there a city that is more overrepresented in in film than Boston? Like Boston, New York. No. Why? It's 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 the biggest metropolitan area. It, it is the cultural capital of the U.S. Boston is the tenth largest metro. Um, it was important during the Revolutionary War, but in terms of the, the, the modern world, it is not important. But, like, there aren't that many – there are basically no Chicago movies, right? Um, there are a couple here or there, but that, that's not a thing. Um, Batman? Uh, no, Batman is not, not based in Chicago. Um, it's it's, it's Gotham. Gotham. Sure. Gotham. It's, it's, yeah, it's, well, A. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also filmed in, like, like Pittsburgh, but it's sort of made up to be more like – um, New York in, in some ways, but sort of analogous to Chicago um, in some ways. Anyway. Yeah, to your point, Levi, so I, I said New York, and I understand that New York is like the cultural capital of America. It's probably the cultural capital of the world, maybe. I don't know. It's at least in the conversation. Um, but it's like every other movie is New York. Right? Like It's just so representative, I would say, that it at least is in the conversation. But I, I enjoy this. This is a hashtag on brand for Levi. Levi, you're about to move to the city. And you're just shitting all over it. Like I'm not shitting all over it. I'm just too small. It's, it's overrepresented. Yeah. It's overrepresented. I'm just saying. Well, well, I'm not shitting on that. On that, it, it is. It is small, and I've got some some sort of 
I'm going to gear myself with, with Bostonians about their real potential-ass attitude about everything. Um, but, uh, like, L.A., there are not that many L.A. movies. There are, their movies are based in sort of beach, beachy areas of, of California, but there's, like, a, a core L.A. movie that takes the sort of culture of L.A. There's probably not much culture in L.A., um, but uh, there's none there. Like, it's not a whole ton of movies about that. There's basically no movies about Chicago. Philadelphia is, is not represented. You know, Rocky. Uh, other yeah. than Rocky. Um, I mean, Paris would be the other one that comes to mind, and maybe... Paris like, is super, super overrepresented. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. It's a good call. Um, um, maybe London? Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, definitely Paris. Yeah. Um, like, D.C., there, I mean, other than, like, you know, movies that involve the government. Um, yeah. Not like D.C. movies. Um, Do you know about the uh, Japanese consulate, like... Uh, Psychological services for for Japanese tourists going to Paris. Go on. No. So apparently they established a like counselor uh, service for all the Japanese tourists that go to Paris and are like sorely disappointed and spent like a bunch of money on a vacation. And it's like, well, it's not like the movies or any concept that the the Japanese have of Paris. And so the consulate just set up this like. You know, this is what Paris is going to be like. It's not going to be like the movies. It, you know, it's a lot more like a normal city. It's not like super romantic. It's not sort of all of these things. And they literally have a, you know, almost a seminar counseling uh, group that just like helps Japanese tourists deal with like the... What the fuck? <laughs> Levi, America's not the only place with snowflakes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This vacation wasn't as good as I thought. I need therapy. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> sure, sure, Terry. Um, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Uh, okay. Uh, but yes, uh, Terry, I, I do like how you, you, you're calling me out for being on a brand there. Um, and I will, I will, I will be shitting on Boston uh, to Bostonians because they, they have a lot of weird quirks about the way that they interact. They're very I'm super excited for your clam chowder take where it's like, mm, not that good. I've had it. No, I like I like clam chowder. Um, I, I like creamier soups, so I'm definitely on board there. <laughs> I like Boston. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm going to come see you, man. We're going to Celtics games. I'm Overrepresented in film. I'm wearing my Kimba jersey. <laughs> uh, so, Terry, um, I'm, I'm curious in this regard. Um, let's put to the side whether or not this is available. Um, but can I, in good conscience, as a person who's moving to Boston, can I buy, there is a, a, a sort of Luca-themed uh, uh, shoe that is, <laughs> but it's a Kyrie Irving shoe. It's, it's the Ky- one of the Kyrie Irving models. Um, what? But the sort of color, the colorway is, is is for the Mavs. It's a shoe that he wore quite a bit during the season. Can I buy that shoe and and, and move to Boston? Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, and Levi, as a person who flip flops all the time, I am I am a fan of you buying a shoe that that has the feet in both waters. It's like, oh, it's it's the Kyrie Luca shoe. What? That actually sounds like something I'd do. Um, I, I always thought this, the shoe was really dope. Um, at, at you know early last year, I wasn't necessarily trying to buy a lot of sneakers, but I, I just come to really like yeah, cool, cool sneakers. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm really just, I hope it's still available because I, I really love that, that shoe. It's a nice color. Um, I've had a hard time 
and, and I've been working on it, trying to just buy the shoe that I like and not necessarily buy it because of the player. Um, because there's a KD, uh, a KD5, uh, the, the KD5 I really like, but it's like I fucking don't like Kevin Durant, so I have a hard time buying the shoe. I haven't gotten over that. All right, well, speaking of, uh, maybe we can do a quick uh, Mangum Hoops after this, and you can go over all of the, the uh, basketball gear and everything else that, that you're going to be wearing. Uh, PJ telling us to season. shut up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's entertaining concept, but also, like, we can actually record another pod than go, like, full basketball on Whiskey on the Weekends. I mean, I know Spencer isn't here to... We're flailing in the wind without Spencer. Exactly. Well, I right. feel like I also don't know what you're talking about, and so that it's a 50-50 rather than a, a 66%. You know, majority of the pod is just like, oh yeah, you know, the new shoes that that uh, you know the new Jordan like 27s are out, and you know they just don't don't come quite to you know the 19. It's just oh, like, you're really no, you're really. I was normal. being relatable there. I was talking about trying to separate the shoe from the person. You can <laughs> you don't have to know shoes or basketball to understand that. I, 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 yeah, I understand. Not my I first understand. rodeo, BJ. I know. And also, BJ, just <laughs> FYI, if you're talking about shoes and, and basketball, um, none of the new Jordans are worth a damn. Um, it's just <laughs> the shoes of the old ones. Um, like to me, the pinnacle of of, of basketball shoes are the Jordan 11. Um, I, I can't justify owning a pair um, because I would not wear them. Jordan 11s to me are, are the, the pinnacle of basketball sneakers. Um, and I'm going to show this to you guys um, because, BJ, I know you have absolutely no clue. Terry probably has. Well, maybe, but um, so I completely separate. There was a series on um, – Okay, those are shoes. Uh, <laughs> show them the ones. The ones are really good too. Uh, I, I think they're okay, but I, I, Jordan, I think it's threes. So there's uh, a series on Netflix, and I can't remember what it was called now, but it basically looked at different artists in their field, and it did like ten different fields. Um, I, and one of them I, was I also watched that it. field. Yeah, yep. that was that was a really good uh, sort of series that sort of allowed people to, to go go in deep of like random subfield that you had nowhere to go. Yep. And um, it was super cool. And, and I did really enjoy, you know, the, the, the Tinker Hatfield one where it did talk about him designing Jordans and being like one of the, the major designers at Nike and him like sitting down with Michael Jordan and, and like redesigning, uh, you know, the, the Air Jordan 20s and it says here and, and he designed uh, Air Jordan 3 through 15. So, so, um, a cool look at what goes into uh, designing a shoe and like how you develop stuff. And um, I think they also had a bit about trying to design the shoes from uh, Back to the Future, the self-lacing deal, and trying to get that right and like functional. And apparently, like it's it's sort of a thing. Nice. All right, want to wrap up? Yeah, let's go and wrap up. All right, I'm gonna do a shout out real quick. Um, my birthday, of course, is tomorrow, July 1st, uh, and I know everybody is sick of Facebook fundraisers. I mean, they inundate everybody, but there's a really cool organization that I learned about. I've talked about before on this podcast, My Love of Apes, the Primates. It's called the Primate Rescue Center. It's in Kentucky. It's not open to the public. Um, it's not a zoo. They literally just take apes that are either 
involved in the pet trade or have been tested upon, they relocate, relocate them there and the primary purpose of the organization is to rehabilitate the apes and give them a good life as opposed to make them some sort of like monetary asset where people are paying to go see them. I think it's a really cool organization. So if you know me, if you're on my Facebook page, go give 10, 20 bucks, whatever you can afford. I actually think it's a really cool place. Sorry to get serious, but I wanted to shout that out. Yeah, cool. Do we want to, do you want to have a Levi being on brand? Thought? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I don't see why you would ever donate to an organization that helps animals help you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did that for his last fundraiser. Throw in the SPCA under a, under the bus. Donate to a food bank. Um, I don't know. <laughs> donate to what you care about, Levi. How about that? But care then you wouldn't donate to anything. Care about humans. Uh, <laughs> some people. We're going to wrap up. We miss you, Spencer. You suck. Um, Maybe next time you'll actually send out the whiskey. I've enjoyed this. BJ, anything left to say? No, it's been fun, guys. Yep, enjoyed it, Levi. Uh, Spencer, we miss you. Hope you finish your typing. This sounded very important. (laughs) Okay. And maybe get some sleep. This episode of Whiskey on the Weekend. Thanks, everybody. Peace.